Oh, wow, good morning, everyone. It is so good to see you. Uh, you know, every now and then, our family does a little green family meeting where we pull our girls together and we kind of talk about some things that are coming up ahead, some things that we're planning, uh, just some things that maybe we're, we're trying to decide or, or discuss as a family that we just kind of want our, our girls input on. And uh, back at the end of January, we had one of these little family meetings and the item uh, on the agenda for that day was whether or not we should get a puppy. And uh, yeah, I'll give, you, I'll give you one guess what two of our family members said about that. Uh, actually, Nora, our youngest, she only agreed to it as long as she could be the puppy's fashion designer because that is like her, her thing. And so we talked to our girls about the responsibility it is to have a puppy, that we're going to need them to like work extra hard to clean up and to help care for it. And of course, they're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll do anything you want, anything you want. And so then Amber and I had to have our own family meeting after they went to bed to make sure that we were ready to take on the responsibility of having a puppy and clean up after it and all that. And so in the end, we decided to move forward. And so in two weeks... From tomorrow, this little girl is going to be a part of our family. Oh, so sweet. That's what I think right now as I'm looking at a picture of her. Let's give it a month and uh, see how it, it goes. She is a Morky. We are very excited to, to get her. Our girls are also very excited to tell people that we're getting a puppy. They're like, yeah, we're having an addition to our family. And when people look at us like, wait, what? They're like, no, it's a, it's a dog. It's a dog. That's not what you're thinking right, right now. Uh, so one of the things that we have yet to decide upon is what we are going to name this, this puppy. Uh, so far, we have it narrowed down to, to these four um, options. We have uh, number one, Luna, uh, Lulu, Pebbles, or Oreo. Oh, we got it. We got a strong affirmation. <laughs> I don't know if that was an affirmation of the name Oreo or just of Oreos. Um, if it was Oreos, I'm with you on, on that, double stuffed especially. But so <laughs> Amber and the girls keep asking me, like, which one do you want? Which one do you want? I'm like, I don't really have a preference. So today, I am giving my vote to the people. I'm giving my vote to you. So if you have a device on you right now, go ahead and pull that out, a phone, whatever, pull that out and help us determine the name of our puppy. You can do it in a couple of different ways. You can scan that QR code and it'll take you to a little link or you can text uh, poll everywhere 783 to 22333 and then it'll kick back and then you just put the name that, that you vote for um, after that. And, and these are like live results. We're tracking this through the services and Quentin, before we go, is going to update us on what the results were for this service. So, um, so vote away. And, and honestly, like, don't get too excited about this because if it's like my vote in anything else in our family. It doesn't really matter, um, but it's just a fun thing that we can pretend to do anyway. <laughs> uh, so I remember growing up um, having some family meetings every now and then. Maybe, maybe you did too. Maybe you do. Like that's kind of a part of your, your family rhythm right now. And, and I think in a lot of ways, today is kind of like that for Sherwood Oaks. Today is a family meeting. We are going to kind of talk about what the Lord is doing in our church and where we feel like he's leading us. What's next as we move into the future? And if you're new with us today, like, man, welcome. First, we're just so glad that you are here. You came on a great day. You kind of get a little bit of an inside look. If you're wondering who is this church? What are they about? You're going to get an inside look into um, those, those things. 
And it all stems out of our core verse for the week. Again, we're on this 52-week journey through the core verses in Scripture. And, and our verse for it for this week is Matthew chapter 28. It's known as the Great Commission. And I'm, and I'm just going to read it to you this morning. This is what Matthew writes as Jesus is about ready to ascend back into to heaven. It says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And I find that line so interesting. These are people who walked with Jesus. Many of them saw the crucifixion. They've experienced the resurrected Jesus. And yet here they are with him going, can I, can I really believe what I'm seeing right now? They still had doubts. And, and if I can just kind of be vulnerable with you a little bit, that gives me so much hope in those moments when I have doubts, when I have questions. These are people who walked with Jesus and they still had them too. Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And then, and then this next part, this last part is actually written in the original uh, verbiage and, and tense. It's written as a command. What Jesus is saying is, and know this, don't forget this. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That no matter where you go, you do not walk alone because I am with you. And so Jesus calls his disciples together. And he says, listen, just as the Father sent me into the world, now I am sending you into this world. He's sending them, he's sending us, he's sending the church into the world to continue his mission, to share the good news of the kingdom and to help others find and follow him. That is our mission. That is our co-mission with the Father to go into the world. And, and, and a better translation is actually as you go. As you go, Jesus is saying, make disciples. As you go, baptize people and teach them how to follow Jesus. As you go, know that you never walk alone. It, really kind of cool story, just a little bit of an aside. This morning during our, our eight o'clock service, we got to celebrate a, a baptism. Uh, a young couple started attending uh, back in uh, early fall, late summer, um, and actually just the wife started attending at first. And just through a series of events and the Lord kind of just drawn her close to him, uh, she made the decision to, to be baptized. And so I got to baptize her, I think it was in October of, of last fall. And as soon as she came up out of the baptistry waters, like we were still back there, had not, still dripping wet. She said, now let's start praying for my family. Let's start praying for my two kids and let's start praying for my husband. And so right there, we prayed for her husband, Sean, to make a decision to follow Jesus. And this morning we got to baptize him. Now we're celebrating. <laughs> so as we go, Hillary just... As she went back to her home, she said, Lord, use me to be a spiritual influence to my family. And they were all here this morning right there watching Sean get baptized. It's our mission. That's what we have been sent out to do. And as we look at the Great Commission this morning, I want to share with our church family how we are going to continue to live this out into the future. How are we going to continue to build upon the incredible ministry of this church 
as we move forward together. But before we look ahead, I want to take just a moment to look back over the last couple of years. It's hard to believe, but almost two years ago to the day, March 8th, 2020, uh, you all took a congregational vote to affirm me as the next lead minister of Sherwood Oaks following Tom's retirement of just an incredible 40-year ministry, which, speaking of, Tom is going to be back to preach uh, at the end of March, March 27th, so we hope that you'll join us for that. It's going to be a good, good morning. So that was March 8th. Three days later, the world shut down because of, of COVID. Everything changed. And behind the scenes, though, while it kind of caught us off guard, it certainly didn't catch the Lord off guard. He had been preparing our leadership for the season in ways that we didn't even know at, at the time. At the end of February 2020, the elders and I, along with uh, Jeremy Earle, our executive minister, we went off on a, on a little retreat together to seek the Lord in his direction for our church as we're going into a significant season of transition. Like we knew how vital this time was in the life of Sherwood Oaks. And so we wanted to be ready with, with ministry plans and initiatives that were going to drive us into the future. I went into that retreat. I still have my notebook. I went into that treat, retreat with my 90-day plan because everyone was like, you have to have a 90-day plan. You have to have a 90-day plan. So I'm like, okay, here's my 90-day plan. And God was like, Haha, let's see what happens with that. But at the time, I'm convinced. Like I have these, these things that I wanted to see us do and where I wanted us to go as as a church. I'll tell you, at the end of that retreat, the message was clear. The Lord was speaking to our leadership. Now, don't go and do. Pause and pray. Pause and pray. We were convicted by this line in a book called Forgotten Power by uh, an author named David Butts. And I've shared this with you before, but, but he, he writes this. He says, if this is your church, then you better hurry up and start. Like if it's up to you, then yeah, you better get busy. But if this is Jesus' church, you better slow down and listen. And so we came out of that weekend committed that we were not gonna take one step in front of God, but we also did not wanna be one step behind him. We wanted to be lockstep right with him. And so we chose to intentionally just pause in a season of transition, to pray, to intentionally slow down and listen to the voice in the direction of the Lord. And while we waited, I mean, certainly there was still a lot of work to be done. We launched several new initiatives in those first few months of COVID. Our church went through a major leadership transition. We revamped and refocused many of our ministries. Beautiful things are happening each and every day through Sherwood Oaks. We get to celebrate them. We see God moving and, and the life transformation that's happening across all of our campuses. But the question that still remained on my heart, and I know the question that was on the heart of many people who, who love this church, who call it their church family, their home, like where are we going? What is next for Sherwood Oaks? And after a season of waiting and watching and listening and praying, we are convinced that the Lord is leading us to be a church that is unleashed with the love of Jesus to go out and to make an eternal difference in the lives of at-risk people in our communities and around the world. He is sending us out through the Great Commission to go and make disciples, to go with the love of Jesus and make an eternal difference. Not just a difference, but an eternal difference in the lives of others. 
He's sending us out just like he sent Jesus to meet people where they are. He's sending us out through the Great Commission into our homes and our neighborhoods, our places of work, our families, our schools. He's sending us to the broken and the hurting, those who feel just beaten up and shattered by this world. We want to be a church that serves others with the passion of Christ and then invites them to find and follow him with us. And I'll tell you, I've talked to so many people within our church and and community and even uh, leaders across the country who who are concerned about the state of the church and the the state of our world right now. They they bemoan and, and, and they are concerned and are discouraged about the direction of our culture as we are moving further and further away from from Christian values. And 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 listen, the truth is is that as our culture changes, people are no longer gonna come to us the way that they once did. The church is not going to be the answer that most people begin to navigate to and look to, which means that we must be a church that is ready and willing to go to them. And I'll tell you, I think that's exactly the way that Jesus intended it. I think all along, Jesus, through the Great Commission, is saying, no, don't wait on them to come to you. You go to them. You go out and make disciples. You go out and share the good news of the kingdom. Invite people into it. And so as we move into the future, our church is going to be focusing on two key areas. Number one, servant multiplication. And number two is targeted transformation. Servant multiplication and targeted transformation. We want to help everyone at Sherwood Oaks find their gift and a place to serve because we know that our faith comes to life when we serve others in meaningful ways. And we want to serve, listen, not just within the walls of our church, although that is important and it is certainly needed, but we want to unleash the church to go beyond our walls into our communities around the world to use your gift to serve, to be the body of Christ, not just in this place, but in our community, to be a witness to people of the love and the grace and the hope that is in Christ that we have found. To think like everyday missionaries who view their mission field as wherever they happen to find their feet. That that the people right in front of us are the ones that God has planted us to be a spiritual influence for. And so we're going to be doing even more to equip and empower people within Sherwood Oaks, each person within Sherwood Oaks, to discover and use their spiritual gift. In fact, we've we've already started. Right right now during our 11 o'clock service, we have over 20 people that are going through uh, just a a class to help them find their spiritual gift and where they can use it. A church staff and ministry leader's role is not to do the work of ministry. Paul tells us in Ephesians 4.12 that the role of the pastors, the role of the church staff is not to do the work of ministry, but to equip the saints, to equip this church for the work of ministry. If I'm honest with you, I feel like in a lot of ways, we, the staff, have robbed the church of the blessing of serving. We've made it really comfortable to come and participate. And we said, well, we'll carry the weight of that. We'll carry the weight of that. But actually in doing so, we're not doing what God has called us to do. And we're not empowering you to do what God has called you to do. And so we're looking for new ways that we can give ministry away and help you find and follow Jesus and use your gift as you do. 
And this isn't about wanting something from you. It is about wanting something for you. In fact, <clears throat> over the last couple of months, we've spent a lot of time listening to, to our church family, asking questions. And one of the questions that we've asked is, is, what do you love most about Sherwood Oaks, number one? And number two, when do you feel like you've grown the most in your faith as being a part of Sherwood Oaks? And the common thread that we have, that we have seen throughout nearly every answer is when people serve together, when they serve together, to make a difference. They point to that as a catalyst for their spiritual growth. And people talk about the international furniture giveaway, going on mission trips, serving in a ministry, being involved with a project in our community. And, and I'll tell you, it makes sense because I've seen that not just in my own life, but I've seen it in the lives of others too. It, Jesus came to serve. And so we are never more like Jesus than when we serve. Like if you want to grow as a disciple and be like Jesus, give your life away. Serve others the way that Jesus served. Love others the way that Jesus loved. And so we're going to increase our efforts to mobilize our church for ministry. And again, not just within these walls, but outside of these walls too. And that's the second focus, targeted transformation of at-risk people. We're going to increase our partnerships with local and global ministries and organizations who are coming alongside of, of hurting people. And we've, we've, we've kind of defined at risk in three different categories. We, we want to serve those who are spiritually at risk, tearing down barriers that people have to Jesus, whether they are cultural barriers or assumptions that they've made about the church, whatever barrier or wall that people have put up or, or have been put up for them to keep them from Jesus. We want to be a church that is about tearing those down. We want to be a church for people who have maybe given up on church, but not given up on God and help them find their way back to him. We want to serve those who are physically at risk, crossing every socioeconomic divide to care for people and to work for their good, believing that each person, no matter what they've done, no matter where they've been, they have dignity and value in the Lord. And I think our Dollar Club ministry is a perfect example of how we have already increased our efforts in these areas. And we want to serve those who are emotionally at risk, going to any length necessary to give hope to the hopeless and freedom to those held captive by their hurts, their hangups, and their habits. And we believe incredible things will happen when the church comes together to serve and meet the needs of others. And we already see it in some pretty cool ways. <clears throat> A few months ago, I um, stood up here and uh, talked about our Iglesia Hispana uh, congregation that meets down in the, in the um, chapel during the 11 o'clock service. And, and I was wearing one of their shirts that morning, and, and, I, and, I, and I said, uh, if, if you are part of a ministry and you have a t-shirt, give it to me, and I'll talk about it on a Sunday morning. I'll, I'll be a walking billboard for you that morning. And Lana Day uh, came up to me after the service, and she's like, were you serious about that? Because I'm going to take you up on it. I was like, yep, I'm serious. And so she brought me one of their t-shirts, Yarns of Prayer. And so I'm here today as a walking billboard for Yarns of Prayer because I see so much of what we're talking about today being lived out in their ministry. Yarns of Prayer is a group of ladies in our church who love to knit and crochet. They love to use their gifts uh, to bless others. Oftentimes people who fall into one of those at-risk categories. And so they've knitted hats and scarves that, that my daughter Nora and I got to hand out with our team uh, that went to family camp at Wind River Reservation over the summer. 
Last year, they made 65 baby blankets uh, for one of our mission partners down in in Bedford uh, called Hope Resource Center that comes alongside of pregnant mothers to give them a, a better option to abortion. Right now, I love this, they're making 300 hats for kids in northern India for our our, our mission partners, Northern India Christian Mission. And Brad and a team from Sherwood Oaks is going to be going up there in November and we're going to take those hats and and, and Simi and her team are going to be able to hand those out as 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 an arm of their ministry to others. And I think that this is such a beautiful example of what we're talking about because it's people saying, Lord, here's my gift Here's my gift of the talent that you've given me, the the time that I have. Here's here's my gift. Use it to make a difference. And they are together making a difference. If you want to learn more about them, uh, Lana, they've got a booth out in the lobby. I know they love to talk to you about the projects that they're working on. If you want to um, jump in and serve, maybe uh, crocheting, knitting, that's your thing. Awesome. They need you. Uh, Maybe you want to make a contribution of some yarn. Uh, Lana can tell you what they need and what they're looking for. So that's all out in the the booth at the lobby this morning. And again, it's just one example of a ministry that we want to see grow in influence and impact. A ministry that Sherwood Oaks has been built upon. We want to grow stronger partnerships with organizations in our community like New Hope, who's fighting housing insecurity for families in our community. We have a vision for launching a nonprofit counseling center for people in our community to find help for their mental health. And personally, I have a dream because of experience and because of situations that I've walked through with some of our church family to start a Celebrate Recovery ministry where we can come alongside of people who are stuck in addiction who are trapped and feel like there is no way out and give them hope and help them find healing through Jesus. And the possibilities and the opportunities are endless and we want to mobilize our church for ministry in ways we never have before. And so that's our vision. Jesus came to seek and save and serve the lost and he has sent us out to do the exact same thing. And so And so we're going to go where he sends us and we're going to do what he tells us to do. All right, two more things uh, before we we wrap up today. Um, (laughs) Yesterday, I was kind of working through through my sermon. I was downstairs on the couch and Adeline, our oldest, kind of came up and and sat next to me and she was looking as I was kind of scrolling through and and reading and she's like, wow, dad, that's a lot of words. He's like, yeah, it is a lot of words. It's, it's more than what I normally say. And she's like, do you think people will listen? <laughs> like, I don't know. I hope so. <laughs> it's kind of my hope and prayer every week, but uh, you never know. <laughs> so a couple of things just as we wrap up, and I hope that you are um, taking this in and that you're kind of getting as, as excited as we are. Something I'm, I'm particularly concerned about is the health of the church and not not necessarily Sherwood Oaks, because all things considered, I believe that we're a relatively healthy church. I'm talking about the health of the big C church, like the global church, and not just global, but also local here in southern Indiana. The church in a lot of places is struggling, and we're feeling the effects of it in our own region. Just in southern Indiana alone, hundreds of churches are closing their door every year. Ministers are dropping out at an alarming rate, burnt out 
tired, done. Many of them, as they drop out, also leaving the faith because of how they've been hurt. I've talked to those who are struggling, whose churches are struggling, and they are at the end of the rope, and they can't take it anymore. And listen, I believe that at Sherwood Oaks, we not only have an opportunity, but we have the responsibility to do something about that. And so we are in the process of launching a new nonprofit called the Unleashed Network. And the Unleashed Network is a group of kingdom-minded, big C-minded churches in our region who are going to partner together to transform the spiritual landscape of southern Indiana, to unleash the gospel and the church in southern Indiana, to be strong and build strong, healthy churches together to reach and fulfill that great commission. And so we have three areas of focus for the Unleashed Network. Number one is church revitalization. We want to work together, sharing our experiences, sharing what we've learned, sharing our resources to help grow healthy churches in our region. We want to partner with existing ministries like Tom Ellsworth Ministries, even, even picking up some of the cost to be able to help churches grow stronger and healthier because we believe that strong, healthy churches are going to be the way that God moves and transforms this region. Number two is leadership care and development. Again, ministers are dropping off at an alarming rate. We want to come alongside and care for them, encourage them, support one another. I need it too, just as much as anyone else. So we're going to be partnering with organizations like E2 that's led by Gary Johnson. Gary was here just a couple of weeks ago to share with us how we can come alongside and care for our leaders and develop them. And then number three, we're going to focus on church planting. We want to go into areas where the light of the church is not shining as brightly as it can. We want to partner together to start new, healthy, mission-focused churches. And so we're in the process right now of developing this nonprofit, and we've already taken a few steps. We have the, the initial um, kind of making of our, of our board of directors, and we've met in groups one-on-one um, -on -one and, and, and with other churches in the room of roughly 30 different churches and leaders to cast this vision. And I'm telling you, each one of them is saying to, to, to us, to me, this cannot happen soon enough. Like oftentimes I feel like I come up with these great ideas that are solutions looking for a problem. <laughs> and this is a solution that has found the problem that so many people are feeling and so we're moving forward with this. And it's actually our next step is going to be for a, a retreat for ministers and spouses at Camp Ileana, April 22nd and 23rd. And there's actually going to be a way for you, our church community, our church body, to, to be involved with this. As, as ministers and their spouses are registering, uh, we're going to ask anyone that is willing to pray for one of those couples for the weekend, to, to write a, a letter of encouragement to them that we'll give to them when they check in for that retreat. Some more information about that to come. And we're partnering with several churches to make this happen. One of them, and really the first partnership, is with our extended family at Westside Community Church, which is the new name for our West Campus. Seven years ago, Sherwood Oaks sowed a seed in faith to the west side of Bloomington. We sent a group from here to there uh, to start a ministry and to serve that side of our community. And 
And, and here's the thing about sowing a seed, about planting a seed. Initially, there is a loss that happens. And we experience that as we send a group out from here to there to start this new church. I remember when I was growing up, uh, going down and visiting my grandma and grandpa, Green, who I told before I have a, a farm in, in Green County. And, uh, and during, during planting season, I, you know, we'd go out and we'd go into the shed. I used to love going into the, to the machine shed, never knew what you were going to find in there. And, and there, were, there would be these stacks, just, I mean, mounds of, of seed corn that, uh, that were ready to be planted. And as planting season went on and on and on, that, that, that pile of bags just got smaller and smaller and smaller. And the point is that there's, there's an initial loss that comes when you sow a seed. But you sow the seed in anticipation of the harvest. And what a harvest we have seen on the west side of Bloomington. There's tremendous growth and people have come to find and follow Jesus. And now the West Campus is ready to, to go. And so we're launching them out on their own starting on July 1st. And there are so many reasons why we're doing this. And I'm telling you, none of them is because we couldn't get along. <laughs> I looked at, at our West Campus and I saw three things that, that really made me think, no, it's time to make this move. Number one, they have a healthy ministry. Like, they're a church that's built on the DNA of Sherwood Oaks, but they are unique in so many ways. They have strong leadership throughout their church, not just John and his staff, but, but their leaders and volunteers, and they are financially solvent. They, they are able to financially support themselves. And so to me, it felt like we were actually holding them back if we, if we like continue just to, to try to force them to be a campus of Sherwood Oaks. <laughs> the faith tradition that we are a part of values local, independent, self-governing churches. It is at the heart of the restoration Movement, And so instead of holding on to our West Campus and possibly holding them back, we are unleashing them to be on their own. And we want to send them out with our love and support and our blessing. And so here soon, Westside Community Church will be launching a capital campaign. Their, their church, their, their campaign to raise funds for the land that they are purchasing and to build a new facility on it because they've been out of room at the AMVETS for a few years now. And we're inviting everyone within the Sherwood Oaks family to consider giving generously to their capital campaign, to bless them as they launch out on their own to continue growing the kingdom in the west side of Bloomington. Okay, that's a wrap. Y'all still listening? If you're not, it's okay. <laughs> Let me, let me close off with this. And if you didn't hear anything else, maybe, maybe just tune in to, to this part. Like we want to mobilize the church to serve others and to help them find and follow Jesus. And we're building ministry plans and strategies that are going to help us become this kind of church like never before. Man, we can't wait to see what God is going to do through it. And in the meantime, there are things that you can do right now. It starts by looking around you at your mission field your neighbors, your home, your coworkers, the community in which you live and saying, Jesus, how can I be an influence for you right here? It starts by finding a place to serve. If you're not connected, talk to one of our ministry leaders, pick up one of these, these serve brochures. We have them all around the church. We put them out every single month and you can pick one up and you, your family, your life group, you can find a place to serve in our church or in the community. And I think in doing this, we will be disciples 
who make disciples, who love like Jesus and serve like Jesus and live out our faith by using our gifts. We will be a church of people helping people grow generations of Christ-led influences, a church where it is okay to not be okay, where we can all come in to find hope and to find healing in the name of Jesus and then be sent back out into this world on mission to help others find the hope that we have found in him. I read a story last week that was new to me. It was the first time I'd heard it. Maybe you're familiar with it. It's the story of Kenneth Moore and Robert Wright, two American medics in the 101st Airborne Division who dropped into France on D-Day. And as these medics cared for the wounded and the dying on one of the greatest days in our nation's history, Wright spotted a small church near the battlefield and turned it into a makeshift clinic. The church was about 900 years old. It was built in the 1100s. Beautiful stained glass windows and a handful of wooden pews inside. And medics would go out into the battlefield with carts and they would put the wounded on them and they would bring them back to the church and they would carefully lift them from the cart and put them on these wooden pews. And then the medics, more and right, would get to work trying to save them. And when the battle moved on, the church was left with evidence of war all over it. There were bullet holes in the walls, shattered stained glass windows. There was even a hole in the roof where where a bomb had dropped right through and landed into the floor. And Moore looked at it and looked at it and looked at it, waiting for it to go off, and it never did, and he went back to work. And when the villagers entered into the church, they saw their pews stained with blood of the soldiers who had been treated there. And while they restored the windows and they patched the holes, the congregation decided not to replace the pews. Instead, to preserve them, blood stains and all, so that they would serve as a reminder that the church is a place of hope and healing for broken, hurting people. It is a place where wounded can come to be cared for no matter who they are, no matter where they've been, no matter what they've done. It is why Jesus died for us and is why we have been sent out for him to tell people that there is healing and that there is hope in the name of Jesus. And we remember that and we celebrate that each week when we share in communion together. And today, In response to being sent out by Christ, we want to partake in communion a little bit differently than how we normally do. Typically, we sit and the trays are passed to us. And this morning, we invite you kind of symbolically to say, Lord, I'm ready to get up and go for you. We are inviting you to get up and go share communion this morning. We have stations that are set up here in the front and and in the back. And if you're up in the balcony, we have some just outside of those doors. And so we invite you to come up, grab a cup, go back to your seat and partake in communion as you feel led. If you need help, we'll have some servers that are around that will, will bring it to you. If you need that, just raise your hand and they'll come by so you can get it. 
And when you, when you get there, you'll find a little card on the table that simply says, here I am, send me. That, that as you say, Lord Jesus, thank you for coming for me. Now I want to go for you. If you can honestly pray this prayer, here I am, send me, then we invite you to pick one up and to put it on your fridge, your mirror, and your Bible and let it serve as a reminder that you have been sent out into this world to help others find and follow Jesus. Let this be a statement of faith, a statement that says, here I am, Lord, send me. Father, thank you for sending Jesus to our rescue. And Lord, for sending us out to continue that rescue mission that he started. Lord, I pray for the future of our church. I'm so grateful for its heritage and for the foundation upon which we are built, namely Jesus being the Christ. But Lord, for the faithful work of so many over the years that have served faithfully and really been used by you to make this the place that it is. And God, as we stand on their shoulders and as we continue to build on what they have started, Lord, may we walk step in step with you, not one step behind you, not one step in front of you, but right with you. And God, may you lead us and may we have the faith to go where you are sending us and to go in the name of Jesus, the hope of the world. In his name I pray, amen. I'll share in communion this morning. Thank you for watching this message from Sherwood Oaks Christian Church. Did you know you can view any message from the past six years at socc.org slash messages? You can also view complete worship services from the past month at socc.tv.